Daikaiju Networks continuation of Spectre Man. I am your co-host, Kenton. With me is your other co-host, Jason. Jason. How's it going, I almost everyone? said my name twice. Hello, <laughs> Mechagoji75. Thank you for joining us. So we are uh, continuing our coverage of Spectre Man, and today we're covering episodes 13 through 15. But before we get on with that uh, discussion, Jason, what is the housekeeping? Well, everyone should know the uh, the housekeeping uh, part here is uh, uh, you can find everything on Daikaiju Network in one place at our link tree link there for slash Daikaiju Network. And we're uh, also on video platforms besides YouTube. We're on Twitch, Rumble, Facebook Live, and as well as Odyssey. And we have audio versions of our episodes on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, as well as TuneIn. And we both have video and audio versions of our episodes at our own website at DaikaijuNetwork.com. That's awesome, Mechagoji, that you got your own series of Spectre Man and Mirror Man. You can follow along with us and join the discussion. So um, after our uh, unexpectedly long hiatus, uh, kind of around the holiday and into the new year, we got back to covering the two TV series that we started covering back in the autumn. And so a couple weeks ago, we uh, continued our Common Rider um, um Series We did episodes 13 through 15 of that two weeks ago. And again, like I said, now we're doing 13 through 15 of Spectre Man. Speaking of Common Rider, apparently there is now a theatrical date in Japan for the mm-hmm. upcoming Shin Common Rider by uh, Hideaki Anno. God help us. And um, <laughs> so it's going to be March of next year. So, um, I yeah. thought it was this year. Yeah, that, what? I thought it was just this year. Let's do research. <laughs> it's like every episode we have research here. Yeah, because uh, like I, I know that they were originally supposed to release it. Oh, yeah, it you're the, right. Uh, March 17th is a preview and nationwide yeah. on the 18th. I thought it was next year. Ano probably <laughs> nope. wiser to, to wait and give it another year just to – Although you, although you were a bit surprised with uh, Shin Ultraman when you saw I was, it. but I'm not in love with it. To me, Shin Ultraman, uh, I, and I need, I've only seen it the one time, and <clears throat> there are aspects of it I like. Again, I think the visuals are good, just like they were in Shin Godzilla. I do think the human characters are better than what they were in Shin Godzilla, but again, the bar for that is incredibly low. <laughs> um, and <laughs> There's, I have a few questions about how certain elements of the story were handled, and to me, I'm not over the moon about it. To me, it was a surprise in that it wasn't the travesty I was expecting, but again, like I said, that's a low bar with Shin Godzilla, and like you can watch an episode of Blue's Clues, and I mean, you're like already in the galaxy as far as yeah, I, I wish I would have at least have seen it when uh, Fathom Events had it out for a couple of days because the nearest place that was uh, showcasing Shin Ultraman was uh, about 45 to an hour 
uh, drive uh, from my place here. But uh, unfortunately, it was during uh, the weekday and I was about to head up to uh, the Twin Cities on a business uh, trip there. So it was like... Wish I could, but unfortunately, I need to save money in as well as gas for that. But uh, hopefully soon, uh, sometime this year, that they'll uh, uh, get it out on Blu-ray and DVD so that I can at least grab it and then watch it. And then one of these times, uh, maybe get it on the schedule to uh, review or commentate whichever of the two both actually just like we always do yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah i saw a common rider black is coming out this month i what i find to be strange though is um the fact that we have never gotten an official release of the original common rider series here in the u.s and the fact that they're skipping how i, I mean i'm not as familiar yeah. with the common rider yeah because they've been they've been doing some random releases of like different kinds of common rider i think from what i've seen so far according to amazon i believe there's three at the moment i i could be wrong there could be maybe a, a little bit more than that but i know is uh common rider kuga i think and then there's common rider black that i saw and then another common rider which i forget the name of that one at the moment and you see that mill creek is actually partnering up with disney for x amount of years i want to say it's 10 years yeah i saw yeah. that because and like some of the people when they uh were talking about that it's like uh could this sort of affect the production of other uh ultraman releases well my gosh i mean they've released almost the entire ultraman oeuvre at this point and again i'm not sure how many ultraman series there are out there but i know they've released they have to have released almost all of i them know i know point. there's at least one ultraman series in the heisei that's in between uh i think it was gaia and neos it, it's uh ultraman nice and they from what I've seen, they still have not released that one yet. For some strange reason, they skipped over that one. And then as well as uh, Ultra Q, Dark Fantasy. Ooh, Dark Fantasy. <laughs> Adult-oriented Ultra Q. But I, um, but I, I, I don't know what the reasoning uh, behind this partnership is. Um Obviously, Mill Creek, I'm sure, is going to be used to release entertainment. Uh, my guess, obviously, is probably you know home physical home media. But again, I'm not sure. I, I I don't know if you know any more details about this. But here's the thing: what I is like this again M- Mill Creek's like what disney intends to do with mill creek because here's the thing um i do like disney because for starters like a lot of 
people from our generation, even a couple generations before us, you know, you grew up watching a lot of Disney movies and stuff. And I have a fondness for a lot of those films. And I think even some of their current uh, movies are pretty good. Like the recent Lightyear movie that came out six, seven months ago. I liked that movie. I thought it was pretty good. Um, And I love the fact that they've entertained my kids an awful lot over the years too and the kids like a number of their movies especially the more and, recent movies and and like speak- red turning red and all that stuff and speaking of which that uh they're already developing um was it frozen three and toy story five now <laughs> let, <laughs> it go, let it go no when to call it quits on a series but then <laughs> the one thing though is that uh doesn't disney have their own didn't they have like their own kind of uh, like home video uh, DVD Blu-ray release for odd number of years? If if so, I don't know if they're kind of cutting costs and trying to sign up with third party uh, uh, distributors well, that's to the thing. release their stuff. That's basically what I was asking is what's the point of partnering with Mill Creek unless Mill Creek approached Disney and maybe Mill Creek is like wanting some properties from Disney or something like that to release themselves to make a little extra scratch. I'm not sure Uh, that's why I was asking you if you knew more about this whole deal, but – Obviously, with Disney being as big as it is, my guess is regardless of whoever approached whom, my guess is Disney's going to be kind of calling the shots most of the time. And I do think on some level this could affect some of the ultra properties going forward. But then again, though, too, I am not sure if Mill Creek had a license that lasted X amount of years with Subaraya and it's expiring or what is going on there? Well, the one thing I do know as far when it comes to Disney is that they've been recently laying off uh, quite a bit of their workforce. And it seems like too that they've been sort of cutting back a little bit. So it could at least be part of that whole thing. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, my most recent Kaiju figure pickup, um, you know, I haven't picked up any Kaiju figures. Um, really in a long time. I, I think when it comes to Kaiju, I've really cut back. Um, I don't think I've purchased anything in a number of years, to be quite honest. Uh, I mean, if you're going to count Jurassic World stuff, I think it would be um, – <laughs> I think it would maybe be um, 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 the two-pack of Giganotosaurus and T-Rex, but that was late last summer. Uh, by the way, on my end, now I've lost – the chat box it says looks like your embedded link is invalid visit the chat settings and grab a new one so i can't see well i don't know if you can see the one that's on the screen here well i saw something from a bot Um, yeah i i I removed that one (laughs) oh so that's probably it well and see now i can't see anything i figured that's probably what you did but now i can't see anything in the chat so i'm gonna have to rely on you for well um seeing I don't know stuff. If you can see that one there yeah that i can see but now i can't see anything off to the side of my 
No, but yeah, I mean, as far as acting, yeah. Well, I guess you could say Godzilla versus Kong stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think the most recent, it would probably have to be like that <laughs> Mecha Godzilla from Godzilla versus Kong I got back there. I think that may have been the last one I got. Yeah, I, got I know. Back about two years. I know I've got a few uh, here. Um, I'm, yeah, the mo the more valuable stuff I still have boxed up because I'm going to be uh, doing a little bit more work uh, behind my uh, uh, my wall over here. But I would say one of the uh, better ones i've got that are boxed up is the uh this limited edition uh as a crystal translucent godzilla 2000 figure and i is limited to only 2000 of it and i got this at the very first uh g fest that we went to uh gosh hard to believe close to 11 years ago didn't i give you one too because i thought i had like a handful of them i sold some of them but then i kept one for myself and i thought i gave one to you of another one i know i've got some of those when we were trying to do our little thing uh for many years ago some of those figurines that we have uh trying to do our own little store thing um and then some of the other uh, boxed up stuff that are still boxed <laughs> by the way i want the new bandai daimajin figure yeah, I, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, I want that. <laughs> and then, and then the other thing that I just recently got from uh, this past G Fest is this uh, translucent. Um, I think it's a uh, bull uh, bullmark um, Mechagodzilla, the nineteen seventy four version, where it has uh, some uh, kind of translucent colors kind of all over it like pink blue gold some green and stuff i'll have to one of these times uh bring it out it's it's really cool and spent uh spent quite a bit of money on that one (laughs) (laughs) i know you did (laughs) but uh but yeah i think those two are probably and then i've got the uh gmk uh glitter godzilla too oh yeah um, so, are we ready to get into Spectre Man episodes 13 through 15? I think so. All right. So, here we are. Uh, episode 13 of Spectre Man is titled Great Heteron Strikes Back Part 1. And for starters, I, you said you could pull up something on your side, like share a, a screenshot on your side? Yeah. Or not. Okay. So. Look up Vile Plume and Gloom, or just Vile Plume, and you should be able to see the evolution. Let's see. So, Heteron. Vile vile Plume. Uh, So, imagine, ladies and gentlemen, the antagonistic kaiju for this episode and the following episode. It is sort of a cross between Gloom and Vile Plume of the Pokemon. game series and so for those of you watching the video edition of this podcast jason will find it and bring it up here for a moment but i when i saw this you got a better look at it maybe roughly five ten minutes into the episode and um it it clearly 
I, I looked at that and I go, that looks like a Pokemon. <laughs> and so I had to double check it. And uh, yeah, it looked very much like the Pokemon. So yeah. Oh, here, scroll down, scroll down. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Okay, the top full row there, all the way to the left. Yep, this click on here? that. Yep. So there you go. The middle and the far right. <laughs> that Imagine the base of Gloom with the top of Vileplume to the right. And you basically have what more or less Heteron looks like. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and I just thought that was kind of funny to point out. So I'm kind of curious as to whether or not uh, the individual responsible for Pokemon got <laughs> their inspiration for that Pokemon from this Spectre Man episode. I have a feeling that they probably did not. <laughs> it looks almost exactly the same. I mean, it almost does. In fact, though, I think Hedron's supposed to be more like a jellyfish, though, because it came from either a pond or the ocean i yeah. think the ocean yeah i know with uh um well with with my uh titling version from my dvds called uh return of hedron part one <laughs> but uh yeah like at the beginning First, uh, oh, what is he returning from we haven't seen him before <laughs> well they, they were saying that there was another hedron uh before Plot this hole. one here, uh, if if I can take a look here, yeah, it was uh, episode two, the horror of Hedron, where it really? was, yeah, it was the, uh, uh, it was the monster that was made out of uh, pollution, and uh, let's see, here. I thought that name sounded familiar, but I thought it was an entirely different creature. They just recycled the name. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to see here. Uh, you see, Dr. Gory evacuate. Uh, yeah, it's like it's been it's been a little while because I know that there was like some kind of uh, other monster that was made out of uh, pollution and eating garbage and all that. But. Um, but yeah, it's still sort of the same monster, but different appearance. Okay. Well, anyways, I thought, um, I, I really like the fact though, that this series is getting back a bit more to the original theme, which was evolution to create Kaiju to destroy mankind and to eventually take over the earth because there was a period of time like a handful of episodes where it was random kaiju like dragons and two-headed rat bat dog type things and stuff that um really had nothing 15 by the way (laughs) yeah and yeah that though we could maybe say that toxic waste had something to do with it but (laughs) but by and large, there was a period of time where the kaiju were just kind of random. You know, it was almost like pull, like like an Ultraman episode where you just have a random kaiju show up. And it's like the series sort of forgot one of its base themes was about. And so the last few episodes were finally returning to that where Dr. Gory's is like, all right, let's use some of this different pollution and create a monster out of it. So um, 
I, I this is I, a pretty interesting episode. I, I found the actor who plays Doctor Ogarki, I think, is how you pronounce it. The Ogata, Doctor Ogata, I believe. But yeah, yeah, they like pronounce his... it Ogarki in the show. But yeah, his voice. It's like I. It's been so. It's been a, a little bit of a long time since I've last watched Spectre Man. I sort of forgot about this guy. But yeah, it's, his voice on mine. I don't know if it's the same as yours, but it's like kind of this uh, slow, deep, kind of soft voice in a way. Just kind of I makes turn it sound a little bit creepy. <laughs> what I liked more than his voice, though, of the dubber anyways, I enjoyed this guy's facial expressions when we oh, get yeah, to the especially point where John he... and what the gal's name was when they're trapped in his lab. I just called her Ogata's assistant. But yeah, yeah, it's like when he turns into uh, Hedron, like he had all these, uh, like the light effects and stuff turning black and then with all these colors. And then I don't know what they did with the eye makeup around his eyes. But Scarab. yeah, it just looks, it just looks so effing in his, freaky. In his yeah. Face. Like, well, and like all these facial expressions and stuff. Yeah, it, it just looked freaky. And well, to me, it wasn't freaky. To me, it was funny. And then, Freaky like, you can funny. tell they were, like, pouring foam onto his head, and it's dripping. And he turns into Hedron because he was doing a water sample. Earlier in the episode, they go down by uh, uh, the harbor, okay. and they notice that there's some weird happenings going on in the water. So they try to collect a water sample. Well, it ends up having a, a weird smelling burning sensation to them which but which they're able out, to cap yeah which turned out according to them uh, was a hydrogen sulfide yeah and so they collected some still somehow um and so he's looking it over in a test tube well some of this i guess uh became sentient and crawled its way up through a drain and into the sink and it's like okay for starters that's not how water and all that works but anyways uh, it goes up into his sink in his lab comes out and it attacks him and it makes itself it turns itself into him and it takes over his mind more or less. And so then eventually when John and, and his assistant are trapped in the room with him later, he or it reveals itself to be Heteron and it goes into this transformation, which I, I found to be pretty funny. But even before that, he greets members of this organization that George and all these guys who are trying to fight pollution, uh, he, he his face is like... Oh, hello. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so, it was so funny. Uh, you have to see it to understand how funny it is. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a it, it's a funny sequence of events that take place kind of within the first half of the episode here. Yeah, uh, with with this uh, episode, it seems like. Uh, the other thing too is that when uh, when Ogata turns into Hedron and everything, and, and he had John and his assistant uh, there trying to get away or something of the sort, but it just 
seems like that it, it, it there really wasn't much going on uh, between like those two and then Hydran. Like Hydran seems like he wasn't really going after them or something of the sort during that one sequence. It, it just felt, weird yeah, it just felt really odd and like oddly pl- uh, placed or acted or executed uh, in a way it just and then it's like uh, and then towards the end of the sequence they just go through underneath the table and then get up from that way it's like couldn't you guys have done <laughs> like a few so uh, minutes ago and then I also liked uh, some of the sequences when they were going down the stairs or something and then you had all the like uh the debris from the building coming down and you can i mean you can obviously tell it's all foam because you can see like like they were supposed to be heavy but they actually weren't bouncing around and (laughs) bouncing around and then i think uh i think it was might have been in this episode or um then uh the next episode after this one where uh john was uh, trying to uh, put uh, a goddess assistant kind of uh, sit sitting her up in a way, and he had the one of the debris kind of right on the stairs. But then when he moved her towards the uh, the staircase, you can see <laughs> that debris just easily move without no effort at all. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like not. Oh. The other thing is that uh, when uh, Hedron faces Spectre Man and, you know, he kind of has a struggle, it just didn't seem like uh, he didn't have he didn't have some a whole lot of effort in uh, confronting uh, Hedron. And it's like all of a sudden, oh, I lost. Yeah, you covered quite a few quite a few things there. Uh, going back to the sequence of John and, and his assistant in the lab with Hedron, I thought it was funny, and then I got quickly uh, annoyed by the fact that all he kept doing was throwing beakers mm-hmm. of random liquids at Hedron, and then he th- uh, kind of rolled a burner underneath Hedron stepped on it and it kind of like stunned him or something I guess but then that was it and then Hedron mm-hmm. gradually starts to grow and starts kind of crashing out of the the building which leads to the crumbling of the building and then eventually John and his assistant getting uh, trapped but I kept getting annoyed because they kept showing him just grabbing random beakers and stuff and just throwing it and it did nothing and I'm thinking to myself stop like after you throw like five of those you need to realize it's not going to do anything just stop and get out they they had kind of a clear shot to the door but refused to even try to get out and i well like, they I, they, I they backed out things and then go well they were moving towards it but then they backed out well it's which was a dumb one idea of, <laughs> one of uh, hedron's uh, tentacles being there spewing out some stuff but uh like before uh was it Spectre Man was saying that he lost? He he used like his disc to uh, uh, stick on to uh, Hydron, and then he does like his little uh, kind of ray thing, 
even though you didn't really see any visual effects coming out from his hands there. I think that's like a switch. And then uh, and then all of a sudden he just kind of falls down and is like, oh, I've been defeated. <laughs> I, I had flashbacks of Kamen Rider where and he then, lost to the one reptile. And then just wait till uh, the next episode when we get to it on like on his little situation. <laughs> there. Yeah. Well, yeah, there, there's one thing <laughs> I, I think we might be thinking about the same thing, but. One of the things I want to give props to this episode on on a couple of things. One thing is that this is not only a fun episode and it gets more to the heart of kind of what this series has always wanted to be in terms of talking about pollution and using pollution to create kaiju out of it. Um, it's very action packed too. the the battle between Spectre Man and Hedoron uh, lasts a pretty good chunk of the episode, and on top of that, you get pretty good miniature sets. I mean, it's not the greatest set of miniatures you're ever going to see in a tokusatsu show or movie, obviously, but it's still really good, and it's decent size. There's It's dense enough to where you get a sense of, okay, this is in a densely metropolitan area but a prop i gotta give this episode something that you don't normally um hear much of in most tokusatsu shows and even some films including godzilla films is that they added effects of people yelling and screaming even though you couldn't see you know obviously people on these little miniature sets running around because that would be some quite effect that they would have had to pull off to do that the fact that they were adding uh voices of people yelling and screaming just added to the realism that you would expect to encounter in a situation like this because all of a sudden boom you get this jellyfish type of kaiju breaking out and you know no one's prepared for it so yeah you're gonna have a bunch of people yelling and screaming uh i i have to give props to this episode for just even a, a minute detail like that because it's just something you don't really hear much of in in any shows or or movies yeah some of the godzilla movies always tried to superimpose like godzilla in the background and some human activity in the foreground you know i mean that's that's good that's okay it works but not necessarily when like the monsters are fighting even within the miniature uh sets you don't get the yelling and i can't even name off the top of my head anyways well that's not true i off the i just realized return of godzilla and some scenes kind of did that where they had uh people kind of yelling and screaming even though yes it was imposed images it wasn't foreground background it was supposed to be kind of like one on top of the other which is good again return of godzilla one of the better godzilla movies ever made so um yeah, I and then I guess too the 2014 Godzilla. Um, yeah, yeah, like the MonsterVerse did a good job of that too. But in terms of the Japanese material, there there really isn't a whole lot of examples out there where something like this was done. Nope. So um, other other than that, uh, the episode kind of ends off with. Uh, the uh, the G team ho uh, heading to Ogata's lab trying to rescue uh, John there because uh, apparently that uh, they were gonna the military was gonna have some jets coming in and bombing 
the area. And I also liked uh, was it the uh, the officer with the the bullhorn? It just sounded. It didn't sound like it was coming out from the bullhorn at all, uh, for that matter. But it just you kind of had some sort of prof- uh, professional, like uh, like one of those uh, voices, like in twenty minutes, jets will be coming in and bombing the entire area. <laughs> that that sort of thing. <laughs> It's a similar thing, but you know what came to my mind when that scene came up? <clears throat> What's that? <laughs> and for those of you who are not familiar with that, you have to watch the Lake Texarkana version of Gamera 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it I think it's still on uh YouTube, by the way. Just just type in uh Lake uh, Texarkana, I think it's uh, Texarkana is all in one word, and then Gamera, and then it should be able to uh, bring up the the full feature length version of that. <laughs> I still think that's one of the better kaiju movies ever made, <laughs> and it, all it is is just a complete redubbing by and large of the movie. I yeah, know a lot that, of people hate it, but it's like, oh no, it was it's so it was funny when, though. It was when uh, ADV was still around distributing uh, videos and all that, and they had uh, the rights to distribute Gamera 2, and they had their team like, oh, let's just kind of do like kind of a riffing, but with, you know, dubbing the entire cast for the entire movie. (laughs) I will say, though, like kind of once you reach the halfway marker of that version, it doesn't get as funny anymore. I they just kind of well, ran out of maybe, steam with the jokes for the most part. Sort of towards the end of it, yeah. And then um, uh, they had kind of this running gag throughout the entire film where it's like, holy crap, uh, yeah. sort of thing. Like the first – I would say the first handful of times it, it's really funny, but then – when you get uh, towards towards the end, when they do some some more of that, it kind of runs its course. It's like, yeah. if you just do it maybe a few times, yeah, that's really funny. And then maybe if you do uh, other different things, then yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, the, yeah, the, it's, it's sort of like a Marvel movie where they beat you over the head with the same one or two jokes. And then after a while, uh, it gets so... Gamera Two is your favorite, yeah. I like it too. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite kaiju movies. I think the first two Heisei Gamera movies, and I think I've talked about this before. The first two uh, Heisei Gamera movies, I think, are actually better than Part Three. Part Three, yes, I will say, is a better made movie in some respects, but I think, I don't think the action execution and elements of the story are as exciting as they thought it would be when i first saw that movie for a handful of years yeah i was all over that i'm like this is one of the greatest kaiju movies ever made but then the more i've watched it the more i'm going i think gamera and gamera 2 are actually better films they're not in terms of of production they're not the high quality that part three is but i think in terms of story and even characters 
they're better in my yeah. opinion. And you know, with us talking about the the Lake Tex Arcana version, if you go back, like if you watch that maybe once or maybe a couple other times, and then go back to watching the actual uh, Gamera Two film, it you don't really look at it the same way again after watching Lake Tex Arcana Gamera. <laughs> I guarantee you, I have watched the Lake Tex Arcana version more times <laughs> than I have any other version of that movie. And every time I try to just watch it straight, I still find myself chuckling in spots <laughs> just because I'm expecting certain dialogue to come out. Like when they're trying to cut into one of the Legion maggots and it has like a muscle spasm, I'm expecting the colonel or whatever he is to say, Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> that or, or like, uh, uh, like <laughs> when one of them is in the one of the generals in the uh, uh, the military tent there, and he says, "I got my own turtle head poking." <laughs> yeah. Or the uh, uh, high-ranking commander, like at the end, you expect him to sound like a child. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't. But, uh, but anyway, anyways, we're kind of getting uh, sidetracked. Getting back <laughs> man thank you for indulging us here but do we want to go into final thoughts and a rating for episode 13 here yeah all right mine is pretty short and to the point here a fun goopy goop <laughs> let me start that over again a fun goofy episode that gets back to basics of what makes a show like this a lot of fun the miniatures are fun to watch despite not being the best we've seen in tokusatsu but there is a lot of action to be had and i gave it an a minus oh wow uh for me it's a pretty decent uh episode where there are some areas that it felt like it just it was executed a bit weirdly especially um right after Dr. Ogata transforms into Hedron and then you had um, uh, John and Ogata's assistant kind of awkwardly in the room, like weren't quite, seemed like that they at first not really doing as much, thought about trying to get out, but then couldn't throw in a bunch of glass beakers in that way. And uh, and then Hydran growing big, Spectre Man confronting him after using his uh, uh, Spectre Man beam or ray, whichever. And then he says to him, uh, says that oh, he's been defeated <laughs> and all that, which didn't seem like he didn't. Uh, for me, this one uh, episode thirteen is a. It's an okay episode. I'd give it a C plus. All right. So episode uh, 14 is pretty much the same title, just with a part two attached to it. Yep. The Great Header and Strikes Back Part 2. Or for me. So, Jason, you said you had something to say here, and I think I know where you're going with this. So, so this is uh, So this is right after uh, uh, when uh Joji turns back into himself again, and then he somehow he says, uh, and I've got like this negative uh, spirit or energy within me that uh, 
that I need to get rid of. Oh God! I kid you not. The only way for him to get rid of the so-called negative energy or spirit from within him is to like he goes up into some random apartment or room where there's a piano (laughs) and all of a sudden like he just like does one note the screen goes black and then you have like this white light and it's like all right i've been recharged he doesn't even say that he just goes okay like he says one thing but here's the thing yeah, like he's saying, like he his energy level's low or something like that. He goes up, finds the <laughs> piano, and he says something to the effect of music is a universal language that gives people energy or it charges people up or something like that. And I thought he was going to play like a little ditty. And instead, all he does, he just takes, you know, like when you're a little kid and you find a piano, all he does is he just spreads out the fingers on either hand and just boom it's not even a real note it's just boom he doesn't play anything it's just boom and then all of a sudden and i i saw that so to answer uh, mecha goji here uh for the english version it's uh his name is george but in the the original japanese version it's joji uh j-o-j-i so so yeah. so i just kind of call call him by his original name in this but uh yeah it's it's so One of the goofiest things i've ever seen it's so freaking odd <laughs> in a but way see, here's the thing this is what shows like common writer and specter man are about it, it's not just about some type of superhero fighting kaiju or, or weird mutants or anything like that and, it and is about also, the absurdity of everything and speaking about uh absurdity and everything just wait till later on <laughs> there's there's even some more absurdity <laughs> with the, well with this and i want to get to this moment where <sighs> let's go to Karis and dr gory here in their ship where uh Hederun is just kind of hanging on to a building and Karis is looking down and he looks up at dr gory and goes why is Hederon hanging on to that building is he in love with it it's not his type. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, just like, oh, Karis, you are an idiot. <laughs> well, and, and then Dr. Gore even called him out. It's like, well, at least I've got someone smarter compared to my other. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then you hear uh, Karis standing up. He's like, oh, that's it. I get that's what I get here. I get insulted every time. No respect. And he's throwing a tantrum as Dr. Gory is still talking to the audience about how brilliant Hedderin is. Uh, and then you hear Karis in the background just cursing. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this episode uh, is the funniest episode and we've had some funny episodes of Spectre Man so far. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but after that, we had uh, Dr. Gory uh, filling the sky with smog to protect uh, Hedron and then you had the G-Team uh, members finding 
uh, John and Ogata's assistant escaping from uh, the building. And then uh, uh, Joji, he finds a car, uh, drives it off. Pra- uh, practically, he hijacks a car. Um, and then uh, tries to distract Hedron. And he did, Hedron he hijacks after- a motorcycle. Well, that's that's after he hijacked the oh. car here, uh, and then it's it's a bit funny. One of the scenes where you had uh, one of the Hedron tentacles and stuff right behind the vehicle. I think that they actually uh, tied a strain up to that vehicle and just had had the tentacle just being dragged along the road there, which is uh, makes sense. Funny. And then uh, got to the point where like. For whatever reason, it doesn't really show it, but like he had really weird camera shaking and all that. That um, Joji all of a sudden just like gets scared and then like drives off the road and then gets out of the car and then the car (laughs) just explodes for no reason whatsoever. It's like he didn't hit anything all he did is just go off the road like into maybe a little patch of of uh prairie grass or field it just it just explodes spontaneously (laughs) combusts and i've said this before it's so stupid but at the same time i love it because it is so ridiculous again i come to this stuff expecting this and with this particular episode i am not disappointed i want to go back to that motorcycle bit for a second where he hijacks that motorcycle he gets out of this ambulance that Mm -hmm. he's in along with a couple of his buddies and so he runs up to this couple a man and a woman they got a motorcycle he steals it and the man and the woman are just kind of like hmm yeah yeah, they fine. just they just watch him. They don't even try to get the motorcycle back. He, they let him take it. It's so funny. <laughs> and just, then I love this episode so much. And then right after that, well, he he takes the motorcycle ahead towards the airport. And he, this is another absurd, <laughs> another absurd uh, sequence here. So you had jo- uh, Joji trying to go to uh, different planes to try to get into it and then until he finds an airplane that he can get in flies up you know circles around Hedron and then he like opens up uh, the right side door and then just tumbles right jumps out <laughs> like, like he a, just jumps out <laughs> like a wheel car or some sort <laughs> and I wrote in my notes I go wait a minute what's the point here because typically in situations like this the main character will either talk to himself as a means of explaining it to the audience or he's telling someone else like over a radio what he's going to do. Instead, he just gets in this plane, like you said, flies around and then jumps out. And and then uh, you had Overlord coming in, speaking to him. It's like, I have a plan, Spectre Man. Get ready. <laughs> Get and ready that's to the funny thing. <laughs> That's the funny thing is like, okay, Joji 
just decided he's going to jump out and whatever the fuck happens, happens. <laughs> he had no plan. There was no plan. He just jumped out and you see, and he's just kind of fallen. And it's just like, okay, we'll just see whatever works here. And then Overlord just so happens at the right moment comes in and talks to him about, hey, here's what we're going to do. And <laughs> Well, you don't, you don't even hear what they were going to do, but then no. you had uh, Joji transform into Spectre Man again, fighting Hedron practically the same way he did yeah. right when he got to quote unquote defeated in the previous episode. But the only thing is that when he was laying on the ground there, and then Hedron going on top of uh, Spectre Man. All of a sudden, you do hear what they were going to do, mainly from Overlord, is that the, they were going to recharge Spectre Man's circuit to electrocute Hedron. And that's the way that uh, they defeat uh, Hedron. That's, you know, Spectre Man pretty much did the same thing they did, you know, throw those discs and then do like his uh, Spectre Beam or Ray, whichever it is. And then he falls down. Know, with without any charge left, pretty much did the same thing. Only uh, Overlord was the one that <laughs> basically uh, did the electrocution by recharging yeah, I mean, Spectre Man circuits. Joji was just going to commit suicide otherwise. I mean, there was no plan. He just thought, "I'm just it's a it's a really good idea just to get up in a plane and jump out, and whatever happens happens." Yeah. Probably gonna die, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Just there was no plan by Joji. Nothing. He explained and, nothing to the audience or to any of his comrades as far as this is what I'm gonna do. And, and yes, we know as the audience he's Spectre Man, but it's like again, typically in situations like this, the main character either talks to himself, which is another way of the character talking to the audience, or he tells someone. Uh, who's a friend of his, what he's going to do also informs the audience of what he's going to do. That didn't happen. All we just see, that's what he does. And and then right after Hidron gets defeated, you uh, get Dr. Gore is like, oh, I, I win anyways. <laughs> and, and it's like, oh, I can create more monsters and stuff it's like well we already know that <laughs> we've been yeah we got like past... more episodes here <laughs> it's like we've been seeing it for the past 14 episodes yeah. so it's like i don't know why you still win anyways even though like specter man just he's keeps a villain him. <laughs> he, do he, he's, he doesn't play nice he's petty by the way, though, to be serious for a moment, I have to give props again to the production crew of this series because that airport scene uh, involving Hedron and later Spectre Man is a gorgeous um, airport sequence with the watchtower, the airport itself, and all the planes sitting there and the tarmac and all that. It's gorgeously put together. It's, to me, about as good – as the airport sequence is in War of the Gargantuas from like six or seven years earlier, it's it's done very well. I it's one of my favorite scenes visually in this series up to this point. So 
Yeah, that's that's basically uh, end of the episode once uh, Overlord pretty much uses Spectre Man to electrocute uh, Hedron. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, otherwise, is there anything else you want to add or should we just uh, finish up and then give our uh, rating to episode 14? I think I'm going to upgrade my score for this. I, I sort of did, too. <laughs> for I'm going to have to. After talking about this. So, did you want to go first? Yeah, with this one, uh, this one, it had much more um, energy to the episode compared to the previous one. Really? Oh. And much more acerdity, which added uh, to the episode, which is always kind of that... Uh, that Spectre Man episode that you were always looking for. <laughs> it's just the, the craziness and the absurdity to it, which always adds character uh, to this kind of series. Because that's, that's the route to where that they finally knew what they actually were um, after a few episodes in. It's just the absurdity, the, uh, the outlandish, and the quirkiness to this episode and yeah this this episode really had it uh there so um with this one i w uh for episode 14 i would give it a b so what was your original grade uh mine was just a c okay so um yeah, I'm going to upgrade my grade, too. So what this episode lacks in action compared to the previous episode, it makes up for in humor. The airport sequence was beautifully realized and executed, but the battle was short-lived. I still don't understand why Gory was so up in arms about Hedron since it didn't even seem to be as powerful as some previous creatures he created. Not a bad episode, but a bit lacking in action. And I'm going to upgrade my uh, letter grade for this to an A because, again, of the absurdity and humor and so, my original minus oh okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so episode 15 and the final episode we are going to discuss for this podcast episode excuse me is titled a massive earthquake levels tokyo and mine is just called uh uh magnetron part one target tokyo Ooh. All righty. So um, let's talk about Magnetron for a second. I love this kaiju. And I love it for a couple different reasons. I like the fact that it's a mole. And the mole arms it has I think are pretty cool uh, for weapons. I like the design of it and how it's made. But here's another thing that I like about Magnetron. It's ass is a catfish's head. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> half half wolf, half catfish. So, if you've seen, if you've seen or heard of, uh, was it the Nickelodeon cartoon show back in the '90s, uh, Cat Dog? Yep. It sort of had, uh, like it's it was sort of like that with uh, Megatron, where uh, one side, uh, one half of it was a mole. And then the other half on the other side was a catfish. <laughs> so it, it was sort of like that in a way. Yeah. I Initially, when they were talking about 
after Megatron makes his first appearance, they talk about a catfish. And I'm going, yeah. what are you talking about? That looks like a mole. I just saw nothing, a catfish. And I thought to myself, oh, like, is its butt like a catfish's tail or well, something like, like that? And it wasn't until you got a better look at it later in the episode, you're like, oh, my God. Its ass is a catfish's head. <laughs> it's just, I'm like, first of all, it's on the bottom, but yet the mole part stands yeah. up on its hind legs. And I'm going, here's this thing that's mostly mole, mm -hmm. but yet you say it's a catfish most of the time. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's like uh, the episode opens up where you had these two campers out in the middle of nowhere, and then you had this massive earth earthquake where Dr. Gory uh, had an artificial did it artificially, and then you had Megatron come out uh, from the ground, uh, pretty much swallowing up this uh, small village in Japan there. But yeah, it's like I was I was the same way too when you had uh, some of the people uh talking about it and i think it was the kid uh from the the son of uh, the g team boss there who first mentioned like something about it being a catfish i was the same way too it's like i didn't really see a catfish and then dr gory mentioned about you know combining uh a a mole and a catfish too and i'm just like where's the catfish part even though i've seen this episode a long time ago but sort of forgotten about it since then but then yeah later on you see you see the uh uh the ass of <laughs> megatron there with with the the big ass face of the catfish i was like that makes sense now <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just I love it. I, I just I love stuff like this where it's so again, going back to what we've been saying uh with this particular podcast, the absurdity. I love it. It's just like Doc what was going through Dr. Gory's mind where he's like, We need something that'll dig. Moles are good diggers. And so what else do we need to do? You know what? We really don't need anything else, but just for the hell of it, let's put a catfish's head on its ass. <laughs> That'll freak them out. <laughs> like it just yeah, the catfish head so far it just has seems, no purpose. Yeah, it just you try to think of it's like even though that you know it's sort of a timeout thing with this, but then it's like, it's tokusatsu science when it comes to this point, because you try to figure out what's, what's the reason to have a catfish on a mole's ass. And in the end, you just can't really think of a way or a purpose for it, for that no. matter. Cause you know, with moles and stuff, yeah, it makes sense to, for a mole to dig underground and everything, maybe make an earthquake, even though with that, for whatever reason, Dr. Gory thought, I was like, oh, let's just do an artificial earthquake. 
But then it's like, when it comes to that point, why even bother having Magnetron <laughs> to begin with? Because you had him use the, uh, the artificial earthquake in this little village to test it out. And then he later on, he used it on Tokyo. And speaking, speaking of which, I know you mentioned about like, you know, adding audio as far as people screaming, yelling and all that in episode 13. They did the same thing for episode 15 here when they were showing all the sequences of buildings uh, crumbling and everything uh, and all that. So, um, but yeah, it's like with, with Dr. Gore using this artificial earthquake, then it comes to the point or you come to the uh, questionings like, then what's the purpose of Megatron to begin with? Magnetron, I think, helps cause some of the earthquakes, so I thought, because it digs underground. Sort of, but then you had Dr. Gori admit it when he was in uh, his spaceship with Karas there that he mentioned about using this artificial earthquake. I got a response for you. <laughs> you did that to me a lot the last episode, and I'm going to do it here. Well, yeah, it makes no sense. First. <laughs> I know. I know. But here's the thing. Yeah, you're right. There is really no purpose, but guess what? It doesn't matter because this is tokusatsu, and it's I know. a show for, for a, a younger audience. I know, but then it's, it's like if you use an artificial earthquake, then why even bother having Magnetron or any other monster to begin with? In all seriousness, though, I do think perhaps the reason for Magnetron, first and foremost, is to finish off the people that did survive the earthquake. I think that's one reason. But another thing is, though, too, <clears throat> it's to fight Spectre Man, to get rid of Spectre Man. The earthquake is more for leveling Tokyo and killing roughly half the people, we'll just say. And then the kaiju is to finish that off and then mainly to finish off Spectre Man. So now comes the part of Tokyo and then when you have um, Megatron come out. Megatron? Here's another uh, Megatron. Uh, <laughs> here's another absurdity when it comes to this episode here. So like during this uh, episode here, you, you get to know more about the G-Team uh, boss, where he lives, and see his uh, son and wife and all that. So when you have this earthquake going on, you get you you have his wife and his son in their house, and you kind of see like all like the. Um, earthquake effect going on and splitting up their house and everything and then you have the kid they're just kind of standing there it's like mommy mommy i don't want to die or uh, anything and then the wife is like i try i'm trying to reach you but i can't well you did it earlier in the and the like and then she was at the front door trying to bang on it it's like you can just easily open that sucker up <laughs> to begin with. And then once the door opens, I kid you not, it just seems like she just got out of there right away, skips out, <laughs> just doesn't even bother trying to grab the kids. Like she just leaves, leaves him behind trying to defend himself. And then, and then I, I don't know how the, 
how the fuck she, how she got out of that mess and then it's like she was down on the ground level and then you had the g team and the g team boss there is like it's like where's where's bobby it's like oh he's still up i'm if i if i was the if I was the G team boss, I was like, "Bitch, why did you get get our son?" First of all, props to the female dubber who did her voice because when she's screaming, it's very convincing. Yeah, I will give that, that to the good. female dubber props. But, but the execution of the oh, absolutely, entire thing. She's a terrible I'm mother. Just- yeah. She's a terrible mother. She is screaming and the child is the child's scared, but he's not freaking out like she is. And she, yeah. yeah, like you said, she hightails it out of there. Like she, it's like once once that front door opened, boy, she just went out there like she like she didn't care two shits about the son. She doesn't. Like, no. It's like she, so much, she, she doesn't have motherly instincts. She only, she only cared about herself. She, she yeah. wanted to save herself. It's like, by the way, even more, I would, I would have to say by far of all the absurdity from what we've seen so far in this series, this has to be the most absurd thing ever. Question for you, and it goes back. Um, um, it goes back to like right as the earthquake is getting ready to start. Did your episode have this weird freeze frame moment with the inspector and a couple of his employees out there on the street just as the earthquake was starting? Mine sort of blacked out for just a second, and then mine freeze framed it had the inspector uh his crew and like some bystanders they're kind of like tumbling around and it freeze framed for like one or two seconds something like that and then it continued with the destruction of tokyo by the earthquake it was yeah, mine, the weirdest thing mine just mine just blacked out for at around a second what the hell was that about uh, maybe maybe it was just how the desks were made, so who knows? I don't know. I I have a – because mine was different from yours, so it leads me to believe it wasn't the disc. It was how it was filmed. Either they intentionally did that and maybe just with different releases, <clears throat> they either blacked it out like with yours or they freeze-framed it like mine or something happened during the actual filming where – like maybe the film got messed up and so they had to like put in this gap and then splice the rest of it together. I don't know, but no, to me, this isn't part of the story. It's not about the absurdity. I'm just curious still, as to I'm what's still doing going this on. To you. <laughs> but again, uh, for the third straight time, props to the production crew on this episode because they show a number of different miniature shots uh, buildings and bridges and all this stuff uh, collapsing and falling apart and all that. Again, uh, I, I don't know if plethora is taking it too far or not, but I'm just going to say it. There's a plethora of miniatures again uh, in this episode, and they're falling apart. It's it's a sight to behold. It's one of the reasons, too, why so many of us enjoy this genre is to see buildings and all that stuff crumble and fall apart and, and, and what have you. So I really 
once again enjoyed the um uh, the the miniatures work. The biggest disappointment for me in this episode again has to deal with the final fight between Spectre Man and I Magnetron. I was going to get around to it because uh, the one thing I wanted to mention uh, before the uh, the bout between Spectre Man and Magnetron here is that uh, Magnetron gets up to uh, the apartment complex where uh, the inspector uh, lives. And you have Magnetron about about to destroy the building, but he he sort of short stopped <laughs> himself, and then he sort of just stood there for maybe about a minute or so when Spectre Man comes in and like beats the living hell out of him. Yeah, uh, the thing is though too is that, and I understand. Look, this is part one of a second part episode, but. Um, and so hopefully part two of this will be a little bit better. But yeah, I was disappointed in how short the fight was. But then like we were talking about near the top of this episode too, I was really hoping too um, for the catfish head to be a bit more involved. It was it, for – It seemed a, like a it – brief was. moment, but yeah. it, he, he – when it tried snapping at him at one point, he just started karate chopping the top of it, and I'm going. Well, not only ah, karate chopping, lame. just but also stopping his head too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I, I'm hoping we get more of that, more participation of of that aspect um, <laughs> of of Magnetron going into the, uh, the, the second part of this story. The ass spec. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this series, th there are moments of it where you scratch your head and you're going, what the hell? But then at the same time, you are enjoying how I think sometimes intentionally hilarious <laughs> it is, too. So, all right. Are we ready for final thoughts and a rating here? Yes. All right, I think I'll go ahead and go first this time. Uh, an episode with unique kaiju antagonists. The episode is middle of the road otherwise. Magnetron has a unique design, and I'm hoping we see more of the catfish headbutt get involved more in the following episode. The miniatures here are probably the most numerous in a while and are wonderful to see. The fact, too, that the production got how many dozens of people to panic as the earthquake took place is impressive as well. The battle between Spectre Man and Magnetron was dull, but this isn't the end. Still, at least for this particular episode, it wasn't all that exciting. I'm hoping the next episode can fulfill the fight sequences along with the already magnificent miniature work that was on display here. And I gave it a C plus. Yeah, with with this episode, it's like man, just just the inspector's wife just ditching their kid and everything. It, I think that's just the one thing that's really burning and like really sticking into my head <laughs> at this point when it comes to this episode. And um, yeah, the final bow is it's mediocre at best but yeah just just the wife just ditching their kids i think it's just the highlight of this episode and it's just so absurd it's like why i mean you had 
you had the kid with you, but then it's like, you know, even though with uh, the house splitting in two and all that, but it should have been easy for you just to grab on the kid or the kid just jump over uh, the half split part. But uh, it's like, well, I would say 70% the wife just ditching their kid, but then the 30% is like the kid should have at least taken the effort and trying to jump over to get to the mother there. But my God, I just... I can't get over <laughs> that, that that whole sequence of it. It's yep. uh, it it sort of ruined the whole episode for me. Is how the how that whole thing was just so executed for me. So with this one, I I had one, uh, an original grade, but I kind of was going back and forth on how I want to grade it. So I'm. I've set my final grade for episode 15 to C minus where I had my original grade at a D. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good old Spectre man delivering on the goods. So with that, we thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Daikaiju Network. In a couple of weeks, we'll be back discussing Common Rider episodes 16 through 18. And then, in March, Jason and I had discussed off-air a couple of weeks ago. Um, what we're going to do is celebrate 90 years of King Kong. So that uh, month is going mm-hmm. to be a two-episode uh, month. And so we sort of decided that the first uh, episode we're going to do that month is we're going to kind of just have a general discussion of Kong and his legacy. And then the second one is we're doing a commentary. And I forget, what was the commentary we were doing? Son of Kong. We're going to do Son of Kong uh, as the commentary later that month. So that's what we have on the slate for the next month and a half, more or less. So uh, thank you so much for listening or watching. And we will see you here again in a couple weeks when we discuss more Common Rider. Well, um, before we close out, I just want to do one last housekeeping if you see a subscribe button down below uh whether if you're watching us on youtube or possibly some other uh streaming platform um i would say make sure to hit that as well as uh, smash the like button and as well as uh hit the notification bell icon uh so you can get notified for whenever we go live or uh add any other videos in the future and you can find Daikaiju Network everywhere, all in one place. Our Linktree uh, page, uh, link dot, uh, Linktree forward slash uh, Daikaiju Network. And besides uh, YouTube, as far as uh, video platforms, we're on Twitch, Rumble, Facebook Live, and as well as Odyssey. And uh, we're also on the fo- following audio platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and as well as TuneIn. And we've got both video and audio versions of our episodes at our own website at daikaijunetwork.com. And before we close out, I know tomorrow is going to be a uh, Super Bowl uh, oh. Sunday here. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> even though we talked about it beforehand. <laughs> I, I, I keep telling you, I'm forgetting. So, um, uh, so who are you going to go for? Uh, I'm going for, for Eagles. Yeah, for me, it doesn't really 
matter who uh, wins this because I was sort of kind of hoping for a rematch between uh, the 49ers and the Bengals, like a Super Bowl 17 rematch of uh, those uh, two teams. But fortunately, that did not <laughs> happen. So, yeah. Yeah. And with uh, the Chiefs and the Eagles, like, yeah. Not really a huge fan between the two. I will say this. I like, I think Patrick Mahomes is a very good athlete and I do like him as a person. I'm just so sick and tired of all of a sudden magically everyone's a Chiefs fan, it seems like. Yeah. So I'm like, no, no. Like, (laughs) my final prediction for the score is 31 17 Eagles. I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles' defense uh, is better than the Chiefs. The Chiefs, while still good, obviously, I don't think they're the same Chiefs that went to Super Bowls 54 and 50. Yeah, because I because step on both defense and offense. Yeah, because I've realized that uh, they no longer have uh, Tyreek Hill on their team, which which I didn't realize that until I think it was because um, uh, I know he was on one of the teams. I forget now. He's on Miami right now. Yeah, Miami. Yeah, because I re- remember. Um, watching that game or one of the playoff games and then I was, it was like, against the Bills realized, probably yeah and then I realized oh he's he's no longer with the Chiefs welcome now. to the party Jason yeah <laughs> it took yeah, you all season to realize that <laughs> well because I don't watch a whole lot of regular season games I don't anymore I don't either I sort of will uh, like see news clippings and maybe some scores so I have a rough idea of what's going on but yeah I don't watch a whole lot of NFL football yeah. anymore to me college football is where the fun's at yeah yeah, college football is the only place that I'll watch uh, the most anymore. And then maybe a little bit of college basketball here and there, and as well as college wrestling. So it's kind of more or less college level stuff that I usually watch anymore. <laughs> well, and a lot of it is, um, I think, because too, pro sport. Um, spread out so to speak whereas colleges there's so many universities where you feel like you got a closer connection Mm -hmm. to something uh and now the fact that you're in iowa there's no pro sports team in iowa the only thing is semi-pros where you got like basketball and hockey here and then like uh arena football teams kind of around the area even omaha or whichever sioux city (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and so with us in Michigan, I mean, it's, all the it's Detroit little, you get, you terrible, get a little but, bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I kind of root a little bit for the Detroit teams a little bit, but it's so hard to root for them because all four of them are terrible. So <laughs> it's just – it's like – Oh, well, the Lions, I guess, for the first time in a while, had a winning season. So, technically. <laughs> They're slowly getting there. Oh, we'll see. Just the Tigers just like, are awful. Yeah, just like just like the Browns. <laughs> yeah. But what you going to do? <laughs> you know what would be hilarious is if it, there ever becomes a Detroit-Cleveland Super Bowl to where Either one is seeking their first Super Bowl championship. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't I don't even know how that's how people are going to react to that. (laughs) Two teams that are separated by like three and a half, four hours drive. (laughs) Oh, 
Oh, yeah. man. But anyway, uh, once again, thank you so much for listening or watching, and we will see you again in a couple of weeks. All right. Take care, everyone.